Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Take out your sermon, though. Let's get into the Word today. I'm excited about what God is doing. I want to say thank you for last week. You know, the church is uh, set by your, your countenance, your atmosphere, your desire, your hunger for God. If you press in, draw near to God, then he'll draw near to you. And what happens with the church is that you set the atmosphere or the tone of how the service is going to be. I always can tell when I come into the service if there's going to be the Spirit of God here or if it's da- uh, downtime or if it's going to be exciting, if there's anointing or if there's a presence. I can always tell the atmosphere by your, your presence. And today... I I could tell that there's electricity in the air. In the first service, it was incredible. In the first service, the electricity or the presence of God, and it all starts with you. You are the church. You make up the church. And so it's not me. I'm just a conductor that points to the singers, but you know that the conductor doesn't sing. You do. And you know what? It's the same way with Andrew. He leads us in worship, but it's up to, up to you to engage. And the more you engage, that's when God will touch you and minister to you. Amen? And so last night, I had an opportunity to engage. I went to the wilderness last night, and there's some friends of ours here today from the wilderness thing of last night. It's great to have you here from St. Paul. Give it up. Amen. They're from St. Paul. Love the brother and his wife and his kids. And then there's some people here today from Hinkley that were at the, that the worship last night. Thank you for being here today. Amen. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the worship night. And I'm going to tell you, if you need another jump start, you need another, another kick in the pants, so to speak, I want to encourage you every third Saturday at the wilderness, they have worship. And it's for an hour and a half. And I'm telling you, it was, it's incredible, Chase. It's a great time. And I want to encourage you, if you're not doing anything on a Saturday night, it's at 7 o'clock to 8.30. And I'm going to tell you, we just had a great time. I told this to Ethan. He was in the first service. I think Ethan, Randy, moved up to another level. I really mean that. Uh, I, I mean, uh, seriously, you can always tell uh, when a person goes Greg up to another level. And Ethan went to the new level this last week, and it was exciting to see. And I sat back there with Mark, and I was crying on the fireplace. I mean, I really was by the presence of God that was there. So thank you, Wilderness, uh, for providing a place of worship for our church as well as the community. Take out your notes. Let's talk about today the voice. As we end this series of John about, man, John and what God is doing, I'm excited. I will say this to you. I'm so excited about what we're getting ready to go into next month. We're going to talk about the habit wheel. We're going to talk about good habits and bad habits of our lives. And we're going to be talking about that and how to break maybe habits in our lives that are hurting us and bringing us down and pulling us back from the things of God. So we're going to be talking about that starting next month about the habit wheel. But today I want to finish up this John message about the voice. How many of you ever watched the show The Voice on TV, right? Blake Shelton, you know, American Idol is kind of that kind of line. I don't know about you, but I used to watch American Idol a lot, and I was really engraved into American Idol. I can confess to you with all sincerity, I picked out Carrie Underwood that she was going to win, and thank you, Jesus, she won. Amen? And uh, I'm so glad that she did. I love to listen to Carrie Underwood. I just brought her, I went to Cracker Barrel the other day, and I brought her CD of all her hymns of the CD that Carrie Underwood put out, and I love it. This is my story. This is my song. And then when I hear her sing, I said, that's the winner. And I picked her name because I loved her voice. And I mean to tell you, she really moved me. She inspired me. But the voice is this. They have four judges. 
and they have a singer that's out front, and they have their backs turned to the singer. And the object of the judges is to find that perfect voice. And if they find the perfect voice that they think can add to their team or help them win their group uh, singing, they hit their buzzer and their chair turns. And when their chair turns, what happens means that means that you're chosen or you're selected to be on their team. The object is if you're a good singer, if you have a good voice, you want all four chairs to turn. And what the judges do, they begin to fight over you that, no, you want to be on my team. No, you want to be on my team. And they put each other down and say, hey, remember, I was the winner last year, remember? It's usually Blake Shelton. He's, he's, he seems to be the one that wins the most on the voice, right? But what they're trying to do is find the right voice, the right voice that will lead them to win. And in our lives, I want to say this to you, in our lives, God speaks and he wants you to hear the right voice, the voice that he has for you. Our voice that we listen to, wrong voices can make wrong choices. The voice that God wants you to hear is his voice. If you have your sermon notes, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, it starts out here. Watch this. Whoever has ears, one of the seven censors, whoever has ears, what did he say? Let them hear. If you didn't have ears, how would we hear? And if we have ears, what are we going to hear? What is entering into our lives that we are hearing? What you can hear or what you do hear can either affect you for the good or for the bad in your life. So what are you entering into your life? The Bible says that you are the gatekeeper of what you let into your temple or into your, into your life. So what you let in is up to you. So you are the one that says, yeah, I accept that. That resonates with me. I receive that. I hear that. And I accept that. Or no, I don't receive that. I don't accept that. I reject that. You are the gatekeeper, the one who calls the balls and strikes in your life of what you let into your life. What you let into your life could be for the good or for the bad. It could bring pollution to your life. It could bring you down. So listen to this. In hearing is where we get our direction. How many know what I'm talking about? Whether your direction is good or whether your direction is bad. In hearing, how many of you have been, like, if you're like me, I always get lost. I get lost in my backyard. That's no kidding. I, I get lost in my backyard. I, my wife tells me to turn left. I turn left. I don't, I don't know ifs, ands, or buts about it. I turn left. I learned that lesson a long time ago. I thought I was being cool when I took her out on a date. Thought I knew where I was going. Guess what? I got so lost, I ended up in Menominee. That's no kidding. That's the truth. That's how lost I got. And just thank goodness I had a $20 bill in my pocket to get some more gas. I got so lost, right? But hearing gives you direction. Now watch this. Also advice. It gives you advice. Advice for your life. Also counsel. And then there's another one is correction. We may like the direction. We like advice. But we don't sometimes like correction. But sometimes in hearing, that correction means that maybe to keep us on the right path. So in hearing that, listen, life comes with voices. How many know that's so true? Life comes with voices. you got voices all around you. The newspaper, the news, man, the TV, the radio. There's voices everywhere you go on your job. People always speaking into your life, whether good or, get, or bad, whatever the case may be. When my father, man, was alive, he lived in Blair, Wisconsin. And I'll never forget, my father, man, he was not an educated man. He didn't like to read or anything. So what he did, he would always go every Tuesday to the Rainbow Restaurant there in Blair, Wisconsin. He'd go to the Rainbow Restaurant, which we called it the Greasy Spoon. I kid you not, man, you could throw a spoon 
against the wall, and it was thick. I mean, it was that dirty. It was that grungy, right? But people loved it, I guess because it had a lot of grease. I don't know. But he would go to the greasy spoon, and he would go there, and then he would go, he'd come back. And after he'd come back, it was so crazy, um, Kari, he'd come back, and what he would do, everything he heard at the greasy spoon or the rainbow, he'd come back and share it with us, whether it was right or wrong. It was gospel to him because Harlan said it, and if Harlan said it, that settles it. I believe it. I receive it. And we sit there and say, Dad, that's not true. Yes, it is. Harlan said it. And we get into these big arguments. And so my dad would listen to all these crazy things and listen to all this stuff, and it would mess him up that it would always create chaos or struggle within our family because he was listening sometimes to the wrong voices or the information that he was receiving wasn't right. So voices, listen, life comes with voices. Voices lead to choices. You make decisions a lot of times on what you hear. How many of you ever heard of Sandy Patty before? I don't know about you, but Sandy Patty, the big Christian artist, right? Well, I don't know this, but Cheryl and I, when we were dating back in Minneapolis days, we were dating. We went to see the Imperials. How many remember the Imperials? Remember the Imperials, right? We went to see the Imperials. Well, Sandy Patty was the, big, the first one, the first act before the Imperials came out. And Sandy Patty was sharing that, hey, uh, before I was, you know, became a big star that I am, she said, I made my money by doing little jingles. And what she did is she did little jingles or commercials for people or for companies. How many remember this commercial? Juicy fruit, and you love that juicy flavor, right? Remember that one, right? That's Sandy Patty. How many remember this one? Mmm, good, mmm, good. That's what Campbell Soups is, mmm, good. Well, that's Sandy Patty. And Sandy Patty said she would do these jingles, and the reason why she did this jingles, number one, is because they would do subliminally stick in your mind. And all of a sudden, you start to sing it, and not only start singing it, then you start acting it out, and guess what you go do? Go buy a Campbell Soup. Right? It's by the choices and what you hear. So she said when she was doing that, she put herself through college by doing the Chew Juicy Fruit, the Campbell's commercial. But it made me go out and buy a can of chicken noodle soup. It really did. It got me hungry. My pastor, when I was pastoring in Grand Junction, Colorado, as a youth pastor, a lot of times my youth pastor, Chris, uh, as my pastor, he would always talk about two things. Number one, Pepsi. He did not like Coke. He loved Pepsi. Pepsi was it. And so what did it do? It made my wife start drinking Pepsi. But then he would always talk about food. I'm not kidding. Halfway through his message, he'd start talking about food. And before you know it, I thought I was in a cage of lions. You could hear their stomach growling. Everybody was getting hungry. They were reacting to what they were hearing. And so voices have choices. Now look at this. Choices have consequences. They either have life. And they have death in your life. Choices have consequences. How many of you ever had that happen? Now watch this. If you listen to a good advice or the right voice, it will lead to success, right? Prosperity and peace in your life. That's what happens with good voices. Voices lead to prosperity, success, peace in your life because I'm listening to the right voice. On the other hand, listen to this. If you listen to the wrong voice, it usually leads to pain. How I many can relate to what I'm talking about? Maybe you've gone through some pains. You listen to the wrong voice. Maybe you're in some pain right now because you listen to the wrong voice, and now you're in a dead end in your life, and it's bringing pain to your life right now because you listen to the wrong voice. But also this. Watch this. And destruction in your life. 
Voices have choices. And maybe you're listening to the wrong voice that brought pain and destruction in your life. Maybe, just maybe, that caused confusion or separation in between relationships, friendships, whatever the case may be, because you listened to the wrong voice. Several years ago, matter of fact, I'll be real honest with you, it's when Cheryl and I first started in the ministry. I'll never forget, we first started in the ministry, and we started out as an intern. I was interning in Merrill, Wisconsin. The only reason why I'm telling you this is because the church is no longer in existence. But I pastored in Merrill, Wisconsin as a youth pastor, interned there. And so I went there, and I worked under this certain pastor, and I loved it, man. It was great. We started out that youth group that summer with five kids, Renee, five kids there in Merrill, Wisconsin. I'll never forget. It was amazing. And here's a funny thing. I didn't even know what a youth group was. I didn't know how to run a youth group. But our youth group, man, when I did it, it exploded to three, I mean, excuse me, to 100 kids in three months. It exploded to 100 kids in three months. No kidding. And so after my internship left, I, I went back to North Central, and I went back into school. And eventually what happened was Cheryl and I went to the doctor because Cheryl now is pregnant with our second son. And while she was pregnant with our second son, we went to go see the doctor and have her typical examination and see how far she was in her pregnancy and so on and so forth. And we're waiting in the examinating room. No kidding, true story. We're waiting, Brandon, in the examinating room, and all of a sudden in walks these two people. And they had scrubs on, man, and I mean to tell you they had their masks on, they had the blue hat on. And they sit down, and they were supposed to be examining my wife, but instead of examining my wife, what they began to do was, hey, um, how did you like pastoring at Merrill, Wisconsin? I loved it. Well, uh, do you ever think about going back to Merrill, Wisconsin? Well, maybe if I got asked. Well, uh, what, what would you think about being a full-time youth pastor? I'm thinking, who is this wacko? You're not my doctor. What are you talking about? Asking me all these questions, right? You must have had some wacky tobacco because you're asking me the wrong questions. And the next thing you know, here it was. It was Mary it was the new pastor and his wife that some way, somehow, they found out where Cheryl and I was, and they dressed up like doctors, and they walked into our nurse. I, seriously, no kidding, true story. And they dressed up like doctors, and they came into the examining room, and that's how they asked us to come back and be their youth pastor. Now, wouldn't that impress you? Like, wow, man, I'm going there, Ryan. I'm going there. I'm, they want me that bad. Hey, I'm... Right? I had my swagger on. Woo! Because I'm bad. You don't know that neither, right? But no one wants to look at my life. Oh, you guys are dead today. But, <laughs> right? But here, here they were. They, they impressed me so much that Cheryl and I said, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. You're going to go through all this trouble to find us. We are definitely going to come. So guess what we did? We put in our resignation. I was working at Augustana Nursing Home right across the street from North Central. Cheryl was working at Metropolitan Medical Center. We both had great jobs. Cheryl had great insurance and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, we had lap of luxury that we were really doing well while we were going to college, right? So then what happened was we told all our friends, I told my family, told all our relatives, they were going to take a church in Merrill, Wisconsin as the youth pastor. So we're really, Jane, entrenched into this thing now. And man, now all of a sudden, two weeks before going to Merrill, the Lord said to me, CJ, don't go. I'm like, what? God, what are you talking about? Don't go. 
God, you know, I just told everybody I'm going. I'm, I, this is what I'm doing. This, I told my job. I resigned. I Don't go. Well, our pride got away. How many know pride goes before a fall? Right? And our pride got in the way. So guess what? I blew the stop sign, and I went. And I mean to tell you, lo and behold, from the very moment I stayed and put my suitcases and all my stuff in the house, I had a camp meeting that next day. I had to take the youth to, to Spencer Lake Camp. And from that day, that next day, Saturday, I got there on Friday, on Saturday, everything went downhill. It was so bad that I was literally, this is no kidding, I was literally drinking bottles of Maalox. Not by the teaspoons or the tablespoons. I'm talking drinking Maalox because I had so much bad ulcers. I went through a bad time, and I mean it was so bad, so bad. I can't even begin to explain it to you how bad it really was. And all of a sudden, Cheryl had to go back to Metropolitan Medical Center. She was giving birth to my son, now CJ, because we kept the insurance after we left there. We still kept paying for the insurance because pre-existing cause. And so she had to go back to Minnesota to give birth to CJ. In that time, myself and the senior pastor, he brought me into his office. And he wanted me to resign, Aaron. Now, I want you to get this. Tom, he wanted me to resign. And I said, no, you tell me why first, Rose. Tell me why. You know what he proceeded to do? He proceeded to chase me all through like the sanctuary, all through the aisles, down the pews, and he threatened to kill me. No kidding. So finally... I went back into his office. I can see from a distance from the sanctuary into his office that he was at his desk. I walked back in his office and I said, now you tell me why you want me to resign. And you could see, I kid you not, his face turning red. And you could see the pressure just building up. He was holding back from what he wanted to say. And finally, Sandy, he told me. He said, Pastor CJ, he said, I want you to resign because I'm jealous of you. And because I'm jealous of you, I mistrust you. The worst time of my life. But I blew the stop sign when God said not to go because my pride got in the way. And then after I resigned and after I went on, I found out later from the district office that he left his previous church and people would stand up in the middle of the sanctuary, call him a liar, that he had to carry our own personal gun with him. He's no longer in the ministry today. Thank you, Jesus. My point is, Terry, I could have spared myself the struggle if I was obedient to the voice of no. But sometimes we don't like the voice of no, and so you can go on and say, the voice of no, but if you have your notes, sometimes the voice of no is not to hurt you. 
I hear this all the time that, man, they say no to me. They're trying to conform, c- control me. They're trying to dictate me. They're trying to t- tell me what to do. They're trying to tell me to jump, and I say how high. The voice of no with God is not trying to control you or dictate you. Look at what it says. It's not trying to hurt you, confine you, or hold you back, but it's to protect you and direct you. If I were to listen to that voice of no, I would have never went through the pain that I went through. Here's how painful it was. After I went back to Minneapolis, Minnesota, Cheryl and I were so broke. I kid you not. Alyssa, you should have seen. We rented an apartment. It was above a radio station right across the street from a fire department. Man, it was so bad. My mom came and she literally cried. CJ, how could you put your kids into this? We had a gas leak one night that, man, we didn't even know it was leaking. All three of our kids could have died. I stepped out of the ministry. It hurt me so bad. Now get this. I could have eliminated myself from a lot of emotional scars in my life. And what emotional scars do, they cut deeper than a physical pain or a break They hurt, and it's hard to get away from emotional scars. Man, I could hear the ringing of his voice saying he was jealous of me and how he wanted to kill me, and all these things were emotionally just disturbing me. It was hurting me that I stepped out of the ministry for one year. Haley, I was in my brother's car going right on there in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Right in front of the Billy Graham Crusade building, I was driving my brother's car to go get some parts for my car. And all of a sudden, right in front of the Billy Graham Crusade building, I kid you not, Becky, the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's time. He said, it's time. And Jeff, I pulled over on the highway right there in front of the Billy Graham Crusade building, right on the highway. And I'm crying and fighting with God. God, no! I'm not doing this again. I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm not going in this pain again. You know what God reminded me of? He said, it wasn't me that hurt you. You listened to the wrong voice. Voices have consequences. When I was doing my drugs, that voice of the addiction would come. Why do you think six surgeries, cocaine, and the scars I have? Because I couldn't say no to the voice. Voices lead to consequences. So look at this. No one likes the voice of no, so we do it anyways, and we pay the price for it. How many know what I'm talking about? Have you ever done that before? Maybe you're paying the price for it right now in your life. In, Matthew, in John chapter 10, I love this, and here we go into John right now. And when I was writing this, this, this message, it really rang true to me about God speaking. In these verses of scriptures, 1 through 5 and verse 27, God says, listen, five times. In other words, he wants you to take heed of what he's saying. He says, verily, truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by it other ways is a thief and a robber. We'll explain that in a minute. Verse 2, the one who enters by the gate is the, the shepherd of the sheep. And then he goes on, verse 3. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
He calls you by name. You're not just a number in God's eye no matter how many people are on this planet. He knows you by name. He knits you together fearfully and wonderfully, puts you together in your mother's womb, and he knows every hair on your head and he even knows your name. That's how interested God is of you. Then he goes on to say, watch this. He said, when he had brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know, they know, they know his voice. Now watch this. He says, but they will enter, they will never follow a stranger or the wrong voice. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now watch what he says in verse 27. He said, my sheep, which is you, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That they follow me. So how do you begin to fix on your notes? The first steps to hearing are through Jesus. If you want to hear Jesus' voice, you cannot find another way to hear Jesus' voice. You have to find his voice or through Jesus. That's how you find his voice. So if you have your notes, number one, how do you find his voice? In order to hear his voice, you must be on his team. In other words, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. The Bible says fresh water and salt water do not mix. You cannot put them together. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. The Bible says you can't love one master and hate the other. You can't serve two masters because either you're going to love one or hate the other. Either you're in or you're out. You're all out or you're all in. you got to be sold out to God. If you want to hear God's voice, you got to be sold out to God so that you can hear his voice. So in other words, listen to this. In order to hear his voice, you must be on his team. There was a, a, a pastor's wife that I worked for, a true story. This is the second church that I went to. This pastor's wife, she hated, she hated watching football. No kidding. She hated Chris watching football. I'm not kidding you. So Joyce, why do you hate watching football? She said, because every time they huddle up, she says, I think they're talking about me. So she hated watching football. You talk about a paranoid Floyd, right? She did not like watching football. Oh, they're talking about me again. I'm not kidding you. But why do they huddle up? They huddle up to get the orders from headquarters. They huddle up to know what play they're going to run, what, what side they're going to run, whether it's going to be a sweep, whether it's going to be a pass, whether it's going to be up the middle, whatever the case may be, they're getting the orders from headquarters, right? So if you have your, no your notes, in John 14, 6, look what he says. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. There is no other way. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in other words, if you want to hear God's voice clearly, you have to first and foremost be sold out to God. That God, I'm sold out to you. I'm not going to honor you just with my lips. Because the Bible says you can honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. God wants you to be sold out for him when you met your spouse. Didn't you sell out to your spouse? Didn't you give your spouse everything when you had your first kid? You, man, you fell in love with that first kid. You did everything you could. Man, my nieces, man, have two new boys. And I mean to tell you, they're plastered all over Facebook. I'm almost to a point of feeling like that kid is my kid now. I see so many pictures of them. But when you find your spouse or your kids, you sell out to them. It's the same way with God. You have to be sold out to Jesus. And when you're sold out to Jesus, that's when you hear. Jesus is the gate. Now get this. Jesus is the gate to God, heaven, and eternal life. There is no other way to God 
to heaven or eternal life. It's through Jesus. Jesus, the one who died and gave up his life, that you and I can have life and life more abundantly through him. Here's another one is this. The second one, Jesus' voice is the compass that keeps us on course and speaks truth and correction. That Jesus, through Jesus, you're going to experience truth and correction in your life. The Bible says that Jesus disciplines you or corrects you like you as you, you would as your son or your daughter. That Jesus said he's your Abba Father, so I'm going to discipline you as my son or my daughter. Hebrews says that. He talks about I'm going to discipline you or correct you to keep you on course so that you go straight. You know and I know the fastest way to get from point A to point B is a straight line. And God wants you to keep walking on that straight line to keep you in step with him to get there faster and sooner and easier. That's what God wants to do. But in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, look at what he says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, hold, in other words, believe to my teachings, you are really my disciples. What are my disciples? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. You're his hands, his feet extended. You are light to the world. You're salt to the world. You are different. You're peculiar. You're separated from the world. You're a disciple. You are a proclaimer of Christ. That's what a disciple is, a proclaimer of Christ. And he goes on to say, watch this. Then you will know the truth. Now, you got to get that, the truth. And the truth will set you free. What is the opposite of truth? Lies. What does lies do? Lies bind you. They can find you and hold you back. If you are good at lying, what does that lie do? You have to cover up one lie after another lie, and all of a sudden you're in, caught in a spider web because you got one lie after another lie, and that, what does this do? It binds you. But when you're free and you walk in truth, man, you don't have to be afraid to approach that person because your conscience is clear because I know I've been speaking the truth, I've been living the truth, I've been acting the truth, and I've been walking it out like Jesus. That's what truth does. So in other words, if you look at that, he says, speak truth in your life about who you are. So when God speaks, I want to first and foremost tell you this. When God speaks to you, Miranda, when God speaks to you, you know what he says? He says, I love you. And he tells you how great you are. The reason why he says that about you, speaks the truth about you, because the enemy talks opposite of what the Lord says. The enemy says you're no good. You're worthless, Andy. You're never going to make it. You're doomed. You're going under. Man, what, who, thinks you, who do you think you are? You hear all these voices. But that's not the truth. Why does God speak the truth about you first? You notice how God, the sequence of this, Harlan, why God speaks truth about you first? Because you know and I know when somebody puffs you up and talks truth about you, you're more apt to follow them, believe them, and most of all, accept them in. So God tells you the truth about yourself, that, Kevin, you're awesome. Pastor Kevin, you're great. You're special. You're wonderful in my eyes. Because you know what? The more he talks about Pastor Kevin and tells him how great he is, man, I like this guy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And that's why God tells you that. Then he goes on, watch this. Truth about you and what is your mission. So he says, Jim, there's a truth about you. The truth about you, Jim, is you're a great guy. And I'm not just saying that. You really are. You're a great guy. But then he says, not only are you great, but now, Terry, you have a mission. And that mission is to be a proclaimer of the gospel. His hands, his feet extended for me to bring good news, the gospel, bringing 
good news. So he says this, you are in the seat of the voice, listening to hear that perfect voice to help you win. So I want you to put on your imagination caps right now. You're back, and you're, in the, you're, you're the judge in the voice. And you got to distinguish between right and wrong. Is the voice that you're hearing, with your back turned to hearing that voice, ask yourself, is that voice going to lead to prosperity, success, and peace in your life? Or is it going to lead to destruction? And if you feel it's going to lead to prosperity, boom, you're on my team. You are in the seat. And that voice that you listen to could either take you down the road of destruction or the road of peace. That's what he says. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse, I mean, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, watch what he says. This is your God. you got to get this in your heart. This is what God says. Watch this. God did this so that two unchangeable things. You know, there's something that you can never un undo. Here's something that you can never, never, never undo. You can never unscramble an egg. You know what else you can't unscramble? You can never unscramble God's word. God's word is established forever. So he says this, two unchangeable things by which it is impossible for God to lie. God will not lie to you. Lori, he will not lie to you. He has the best interest for you. So he goes on, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Why are we encouraged? Jamie, we are encouraged because, first of all, that God is not going to lie to us. And if he's not going to lie to us, he's not going to lead us down a dead end. And so, therefore, we can be encouraged that God has us in the best of interest. So if you have your notes, God will not, shall not lie to you as some may have. How many have been lied to by somebody? Hurts, doesn't it? But you can mark this down. Your God will not, shall not lie to you. And it goes on. He said this. God will not lie to you as some may have. He is the right voice. But look at this other one in John 8, verse 44. You compare. You decide. Watch this. He said, you belong to your father, the devil. In other words, he's talking about the Pharisees and the hypocrites that proclaim and say they're a Christian, believe they're a Christian, they honor him with their lips, but their heart's far from You belong to the devil. Now watch what he says. And you want to carry out the Father's desires. Now here's the Father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. The devil, obviously, what did he do? He tried to kill Jesus. Third day he rose from the dead, right? Now look at this. Not holding to the truth. So when you start hearing voices that tell you you're no good, you're a loser, you're going under, you're never going to make it, you need to know where that voice comes from. That's not coming from your God. That's not coming from your God. Your God does not lie. And he made you fearfully and wonderfully. And then he goes on to say this. For there is, there is no truth, no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks in a native language. For he is a liar. And look at how he, man, prefaces this. And the father of lies. So let me ask you, the world, the devil, or God, the truth? 
What path do you want to choose? What does truth do? Truth leads to freedom. Lies lead to confinement. Maybe some of you are trapped in a lie and you're confined and you're frustrated because you believe the lie. The devil wants to, what's this? The devil lies, but he lies with a little bit of truth. Now watch this. To get you hooked. Now watch this. And confused. How many of you ever say this? Man, I, 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 man, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't understand what's, what's happening. The Bible says that God is not an author of confusion, but a God of peace. And maybe some of you are walking in confusion in your life because you're, man, followed the wrong voice. In John 10.10, 10, now here's the comparison. Watch this. Here's the comparison in John 10.10, 10, the two scenarios. Number one, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's his mission. How does he do that? He does that by telling lies, by telling you untrue things. He does that by maybe people in your life that tell you true untruth, that tell you lies. That's what the devil does. He uses other people to tell you lies. He does this. That's how he brings you down. That's his game plan. But look what Jesus said. Second part, I have come that you may have life. And he says, and have it to the full. How many want that full life, man? Man, you see the comparison? The devil comes to kill, and Jesus comes to give life. But how do you find that life? Remember, voices have consequences, either life or death. The choice is in the voice. So let me just say this. The assurance of his voice, and i got to fly. The assurance of his voice. Watch this. Number one, God's voice will never, ever, ever, ever go against his word. So if... If the enemy is trying to make you do something contradictory to God's word, you know where that voice is coming from. God's voice will never go against his word. The Bible said, do not add or subtract from the word unless you be rebuked. He will never go against his word. His word is established forever and ever and ever and amen. Number two, God's voice always speaks for your good. He always speaks for your good. You know the Bible says that when you pray, God is up in the heaven making intercessions for you. Then in other words, he's sitting at the right-hand side of the Father, the Bible says. And you know what he's doing? He's, he's bragging about you, Stephanie. Jesus is bragging about you to God. Man, Stephanie's great. Oh, she's awesome. He's up there in heaven always looking out for your good. He doesn't want to see you hurt or going through discouragement or defeat in your life. And when you do go through that, through that in your life, guess what he's doing? He's praying for you. He's got the best interest for you. Number three, God's voice speaks the truth and the whole truth. Sometimes truth hurts. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It hurts. But sometimes truth will set us free and we need to hear the truth. God's voice leads to life and not destruction. A good way to know if you're on the right path in life is by how you are living, life or death, peace or confusion, right voice or wrong voice. God is speaking, but are you listening, obeying, and following through with what he says? A true disciple is one who listens and then follows through with what was said. My sheep hear my voice, and the role of the shepherd is to guide, direct, and protect the sheep. Now check this out. Check this out. Notice what Jesus, what, notice what Jesus does when you know his voice. He lets you out of the pen 
well, the sheep pen to start walking on your own. Michael, come on up here. Come on, come here. I want to demonstrate something to you. Michael, you are going, come on up here, Michael. Michael is going to play the Lord for a minute, all right? And he, Michael, you are you got the holy cloth, amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, bless them with the most, right? So what I want you to do, now watch. He lets you out of the pen. What he means is that in this daily life right now, you are out of the pen. You're living this daily life right now, 24-7. Man, God gives you a free will to choose. He doesn't twist your arm to accept him or reject him. He gives you a free will to choose. But when you accept him, guess what he's out? He's out front leading the way. So, Michael, I want you to stand over there. Now watch this. Now you will follow the voice. When Jesus speaks, you notice you're walking in this journey in life. Jesus is out in front of you. All of a sudden, Jesus say, walk there in this way. Hey, but do you see, you see, wherever the voice goes, go over there. Wherever the voice goes, he goes out in front of you. So if Michael's over there, now watch this. You will follow the voice. So wherever the voice is, he's out leading you because you're free to choose life and death. God doesn't twist your arm. God doesn't force you to do something you don't want to do. But he puts himself out in front of you, the shepherd, to hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, you're going to go towards the voice. And that voice will lead you to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You see what I'm saying? And that's what that's what God does. He's out in front of you. He's out in front of you leading the way in your life. He gives you a free will to choose. But in the meantime, you'll say, hey, how many have to discipline your children or your kids and tell them not to do this? Or even if you've got employers and you get frustrated with your employees because they don't listen. He's out leading you. Look at this. I love this. It says, we in this journey of life don't have to do it alone. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Michael, he's in front of you. He's speaking. He's speaking. You don't have to do it alone, Levi. The voice is out in front of us, guiding you as you listen. Speak, my Lord. Speak to me. Chase, he has great things for you and Ashley. I, I, I was going to, man, pull her out of Wednesday night when I saw her because I, I saw you sneak around the wall when I came. I was going to pull you out. You guys are getting ready to be blessed. And I'm telling you, Chase, I was going to grab your wife out of there. But the Lord told me to tell you, you two are walking into a blessing. God is getting ready to bless you and increase is coming your way. And Chase, you have been faithful. And because you've been faithful, God is going to take your faithfulness and make it much. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Increase is coming to yours and Ashley's house. Increase. You watch. Now watch this. So you say, well, Pastor, how do I hear God's voice? How many want to hear God's voice? Don't you want to just hear his voice? Aaron, and don't you just want to hear his voice? You got you are the fish whisper. Man, the, the fish hear his voice. And they jump literally in his boat. But not with me. So you don't want to take me. 
isn't it great to just hear God's voice, Robin? I just want to hear God's voice. So how do I do that? I'm going to blow through this. How does he speak? First and foremost, his word. You've got to have the word. You cannot. I'm going to illustrate. Have this by your pillow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. Mm-hmm. It don't work that way. You have to open it up and see what he says. What is he saying to you? You know what makes the Word of God so fun in your life? Here's what makes God's Word so fun in your life. What is He saying to you? Not to the person to the right or to the left. What He's saying about your spouse and you need to change him or her. What is He saying to you? And then here's how you make it even more exciting. How can I apply it to my life? So what is He saying to me? And then how can I apply it to my life? And then the third thing, how can I help others with it? That's what makes God's Word so exciting. His Word is living and active, shepherding any double-edged sword. His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Thy Word have I hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against God. If you're not taking in your Word, you're straying. Another two, prayer. Man, prayer. Man, prayer is like the huddle with God. Matthew 6, verse 6. Man, when you pray, go into your secret place and shut the door behind you. And God rewards you in your secret place. God speaks in your secret place. I always say, the people who are not praying are strained. And the pastor who isn't praying is plain. you got to get your orders from headquarters. That God, you're going to speak to me. And you're going to reward me in my secret place. Another one is through events. Man, God speaks through events. Just like me at that church in Merrill. Man, I had to learn through that event. I kept going around that same tree. And maybe sometimes you're going around that same tree and you're wondering why. Maybe it's time to get off that track. Maybe God's trying to speak to you, say something to you, say it's time to get off. You need to derail yourself from that direction in your life. Events. God speaks to you about events. If you're going through painful events in your life, maybe it's time to bail. Jump ship. Get rid of that. God speaks in events. Another one is through the hearing and the message. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the message. I hope and pray that I can inspire you, to, man, to hear, to read. Another one, that still small voice in your heart and in your mind. That still small voice, the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in John 15, that God sends the Holy Spirit to teach you, to speak to you, and to guide you. Sometimes God speaks to you, but are you listening? The Holy Spirit, that little still small voice in your life. Your heart doesn't lie. If you have your notes, your heart doesn't lie to you. So pay attention to it. God is speaking, but are you listening? God wants to speak to you. My sheep heareth my voice. You notice why he calls us sheep? Because sheep are dumb. And sometimes in life we can be dumb. We can make some wrong mistakes. But if God can guide, he'll provide. Where he directs, he protects. Where he anoints, he appoints. And God can use you. But we have to say, God, speak. Your servant is listening. Will you stand with me today? God is so good. God is so good. I want to pray over you that God will open your ears, your ears to hear. Some of us, man, we got so much earwax in our ears that we can make a, a honeycomb out of it. You got to open your ears to hear what God is saying. What is he saying to you? Are you listening? Are you positioning yourself to hear? 
If you're not, you're going to be frustrated with God. You're going to get mad at people around you because they're hearing from God and you're not. And you got to position yourself and say, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Father, I thank you for every individual here today. Lord, let us hear your voice. Lord, let us hear clearly the path, the direction, the plan, the purpose that you have for our lives. Lord, we know that there's either the path of life or the path of death. We choose life today and life more abundantly. And we follow after your voice. Lord, we thank you for every individual. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And Father, we thank you, God, that you are speaking if we will only listen. Bless and touch your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask the altar workers to come down. And whether you're dismissed, but if you need prayer, the altar workers are here. And if you need prayer this morning, as we dismiss you, please come out and step up by one of these altar workers. Let them pray with you. Otherwise, if you don't need prayer, God bless you. See you Friday night. See you Friday night, 6 o'clock, all the pizza you can eat. God bless you. If you need prayer, just step down to one of these people here right now. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.